Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein, powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Ats with Cam Luke and John Stephenson. Hello, everyone. Welcome along to another edition of the House of Athletics. Damian Watson in the chair, filling in for Cam Luke, who's lost his voice, and a man who certainly hasn't lost his voice is one of the great stars and most recognisable names in Australian athletics. I speak of Johnny Stephenson. Good to be with you, Johnny. Hey, Damo. Yeah, the, the Cam, I'm a bit shocked with Cam, to be honest with you. He's a, he's a lot stronger than this, Damo, but nonetheless, I'm really glad to be doing the show with you. There's so many good results going on around the world, and uh, and it's actually great because the World Championships in uh, in para-athletics is on at the moment, and it's, uh, I'm really looking forward to chat through that today. Absolutely. We'll touch on that first. Obviously, there was a lot of success regarding Joseph Ding, which we'll touch on in a little while. But firstly, you did mention off the top, Jay Steph, that we have got the World Para-Athletics Championships going on in Paris at the moment. Certainly a lot of hype surrounding some of the Australians that are going around at the present time. But one of those is Sarah Walsh, who joins us direct from the event itself. Sarah, thanks for giving up your time. Thank you so much for having me on. Just tell us about the preparation getting to this point. Obviously, you're an experienced campaigner now, 24 years of age. In fact, you celebrate your 25th birthday in a few days' time. So it's a bit of a, a bit of a carnival atmosphere for you, I'm sure, in Paris. But you are, for those who are unaware, competing in the T64 long jump. And, of course, you won bronze at the World Para-Athletics Championships about four years ago now. So, as I said, as a seasoned campaigner, does the preparation get a little easier as time wears on? Um, I don't think so. I still think I'm training just as hard as I was all those years ago and loving every minute of it. Us Aussies have been over in France for a few weeks now. Um, our ambulance crew were in Montpellier in the south of France um, doing our staging camp and our wheelie athletes were over in Switzerland in Notwell doing their um, staging camp as well. And then the past few days we've all been able to come together um, in Paris for the championships. Talk us through, uh, Sarah. We saw Maria Strong in the T7200 metres kickoff inaugural event um, for that discipline. Um, that must really fired up the Australian team. How much do you see? So I know when I competed at Commonwealth Games, I watched Craig Mottram run um, against, and he looked just lost to the Kenyan. Uh, I think it was in the 5,000 metres. And that really fired me up uh, to go out there and try and win the gold. How much did that mean to you watching Maria compete? And uh, I mean, I watched the interview. It was awesome to see. That must have been great for you and inspired you to your victory. Yeah, absolutely. All us Aussies were back at the hotel in our team room watching her on the big screen. So to be able to sit with your teammates and cheer on um, our Aussie Maz Strong in the um, 100 metres was pretty incredible. And there's no like feeling quite like that when you're sitting with all your friends who you get to um, travel the world with and compete with and then watching one of your other friends uh, show the world what they can do. It's pretty incredible, and I think um, it definitely set the tone for these championships for us as well. Uh, so these are coming out to show the world what we can do. Uh, that's awesome. You trained with the great Matty B, uh, Sydney 2000 Olympic representative. Um, he must be jumping out of his skin in Canberra uh, watching you do so well. Um, how much does it mean um, to you knowing that, you know, you guys have worked so hard? You're, you're not you're not a newbie. You're not a rookie at this. You know, you've had a few, a few uh, uh, years' experience at this top level. Um, obviously, this will catapult you towards Paris and put you in a good position. But uh, how much does it mean to have Matty B in your corner, his experience, and uh, looking forward towards Paris? Oh, it means the absolute world. Matty and I. We're such a great team to be able to work together and he's since I've um, started being coaching by him, he's taken me on and we've shown the world what we can do bronze in 2019 and then we set a world champs yesterday and we also 
been to the Paralympics in between as well. So it's definitely incredible to be able to train and um, compete alongside a coach like that and have his support, which is absolutely incredible. And the rest of the Maddie B squad as well. We have some amazing athletes and they were all back home yesterday cheering and watching me during their training session. So knowing that they were back home slogging it in Canberra winter while I was uh, looking it up in the heat of Paris was uh, definitely fuel to the fire to help me jump yesterday as well. Sarah, how is the vibe of the team out there? Um, obviously, yeah, everyone's excited. Everyone's starting to talk about Paris uh, 2024 next year. Um, what is the vibe of the team uh, compared to other teams you've been involved in? Um, and 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 where do you see uh, Australian Paralympics going post this World Champs? I know I'm just pretty. It's pretty early for me to ask this question, but how do you see the team going next year? We have such a young team. There's 11 debutantes that we have who have never put on the green and gold before. So their excitement and nerves for this week is pretty amazing to be able to see them and know that in a few days' time their dreams of representing Australia will come true. And I know that this experience will help them towards Paris next year to get one international competition under their belt. But also the rest of the Aussie team are so excited being here in Paris and getting a taste of what it will be like next Mm. year. Um, All the French are so excited for the Paralympics and we are just so excited to come back and compete and put on the green and gold at a Paralympics again. It's come around super quick since Tokyo with only that (laughs) three-year difference. So I think we're all very excited and the fact that we have big international comps back again consistently is a huge um, bonus for us Aussie para-athletes. It's been a few years since we've had a world championship, so that lack of big major international competitions has been a bit of a challenge for many of us, but we're just all so excited and pumped and ready for the next few years. You mentioned before about acclimatising and the fact that this particular event is being held in Paris, the same city as the Olympic Games. Does that make much of a difference? I suppose you're used to adapting to different cities, different environments, and obviously you have your training routine as well. Does it make a significant impact being in the same environment that you will be ahead of a big Olympic campaign? I think it um, eases some nerves for a few people knowing that the setup that is here for World Championships will be kind of similar to what it will be next year. We've been using training facilities that we'll use next year as well. So just being able to um, scout things out and get a feel for the city is really important going into next year. Obviously, we haven't set foot in the Paralympic Village or we're not competing in the stadium that we'll use next year. But it is pretty cool to just to be able to get a feel for the city and also um, compete and get the French really excited about the up-and-coming Paralympics as well. I think that's really important that they can get a little taste of us from the World Championships and then come back next year and follow us for the Paralympics. So, Sarah, let's get serious now. There's, look, there's, I think it's 12 months now till Paris uh, next year. Um, what do you think you're going to do different between now and there with your training, with your preparation, where you can see yourself getting that podium? Obviously, I know that's something that you really, really want. Um, and like every athlete, I know that you're chomping at the bit thinking, geez, I wish I did that. Oh, geez, I wish I did this um, to get that. Man, where do you think you can improve between now and then? So we took a really big risk probably eight weeks ago and changed the entire setup of my blade that I used for jumping which is super risky that close to a major championships, but we knew long-term for the Paralympics next year that getting on this setup and using this blade Mm. was where I was going to be able to make my gains and get back onto the podium. So whilst I didn't jump the distance yesterday that I really wanted to, um, it's given me the confidence to be able to know that I'm one step closer to that Paralympic podium and use the next 12 months to get used to that setup 
um, make improvements and changes to it and then be ready in 12 months time which is super exciting so I'm very much looking forward to the next 12 months of training and working on all the little things that I can do in long jump to be back here again and hopefully on the podium. Sarah, it's a cruel world. Are you just now finished uh, world champs and we're really talking about Paris? You're like, I'm going to get ready for the next 12 months. And I guess that's the beauty of an athlete. That's the beauty of the show because I think a lot of the sporting public don't really get to understand in track and field. We, we actually really go most athletes only have two weeks off a year, you know, and then you're back on the horse and you're, and you're trying to uh, focus on the next championships. But do you have any family with you in Paris at the moment? If not, what do they say uh, after your event and, and how much they mean to you, you know, especially um, in your career? Yeah, so they were all, all my family were in the stands yesterday. So to be able to look up and see them all flying the Aussie flags is pretty special and being able to just hug them afterwards and know that they were there supporting me is amazing. And it was just how proud they are of me and how proud I am of myself as well for what I was able to achieve. And like, I think at the end of the day, fifth at a world championships, I'm the fifth best one-legged long jumper in the world. It's a pretty incredible title to have despite not jumping the distance that I wanted to, but I absolutely love what I get to do. So when I get to put on the green and gold and show the world what I'm capable of, it's special no matter what the result is. We're speaking with champion para-athletic log jumper Sarah Walsh. Sarah, you touched on it briefly just before, but give us an idea of the itinerary for the Paris Paralympics because the 12-month plan, obviously you have to plan a long way out. Do you have a specific idea as to how you're going to manage your workload in the build-up to the Games, particularly off the back of the World Championships, which in itself is a big campaign? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just going to have a couple of weeks off to – take a break, refresh and get mentally prepared for the next 12 months of training. But we'll be back for the um, summer series of athletics over January to April and uh, do my qualifiers for the Paralympics then. And then we'll hopefully head over to Europe um, before the Paralympics at the end of August, start of September. And like for a lot of athletes, I think they'll be competing around Australia during the summer months and then they'll probably head over to Europe and get a little taste of that European summer and the European track and field season. And then they'll be all ready to go for the Paralympic Games in August. Sensational work, Sarah. Really appreciate your time. I know it's a busy period for you. Enjoy the atmosphere. Enjoy the experience of competing in Paris as well. Thanks so much and best of luck over the coming 12 months as well. Thank you so much. Yes, well done, Sarah. Fantastic work. Sarah Walsh joining us in Paris with the World Para-Athletics Championships underway. We'll take a break here on the House of Athletics. Back with more on the other side. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Ats with Cam Luke and John Stephenson. Welcome back to the House of Athletics, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the home of great savings every day. Damien Watson off the bench at the last moment, filling in for Cam Luke, and I'm joined by the superstar, Johnny Stephenson. Johnny, speaking of superstars, we've got one unearthed, I think it's fair to say, in Joseph Ding at the moment, solidifying himself as an Aussie distance legend, and it's great to see him absolutely build up his capabilities and the fact that he was able to overtake Peter Bowl at a certain record as well. Now, I'll tell you something, Damo. They call me Mystic Steph because I predict these things, Damo, and uh, I'm super proud of Joseph. Uh, it was funny. We, uh, Cam and I talked about this, about um, Joseph and Peter Bowl, and um, I think my comment was I think 
Joseph is the better talent, but Peter has the discipline. And um, I've been working, doing a bit of work with with Joe and his uh, manager, James Templeton, and um, and I'm a massive fan of Joseph Deng. And for those don't they don't people don't really get to see behind the scenes what an athlete goes through. And young Joe has gone through a hell of a lot in the last few years, um, and has and has really battled his way through it. And I don't want to discuss his business because it's his business. Um, and, but to see him go out there, break the Australian record, won one forty three ninety nine, have his brother in Peter Bowl with him there, um, run a fantastic fifteen hundred in the same event. To Justin Rinaldi has got the top. Who is his, who is his coach? Has the top ten times in Australian history. Which includes nine of them, which is Alex Rowe, I mean, which is Peter Boll and Joseph Ding. And Alex Rowe is that he's, I think, sits at number eight. Um, and he also coached the great Jeff Risley as well, who's run 144 as well. Now, these, this is a, this is a, like, this is amazing when you look at coaching. It's amazing. Look at the talent, uh, in, in the 800 meters. Um, and, um, I, I think if Joseph can continue on this path, Stay disciplined. We had this chat at World Championships, him and I, over a nice drink up in Oregon last year. Um, I, I, I really think Joseph is a 142 low runner. Uh, I think he has the speed like Seb Coe and like David Rudisha to be able to really compete at a major championships. I think that's the one thing Peter Bowl maybe lacks out of the two. Um, but what Peter's done very, very well, he's become a student of the game and has worked his backside off in being consistent. And that's what athletics you need in athletics. So I was fantastic for Australian athletics. It was fantastic um, for the community of Australia and the Sudanese community of Australia to see uh, Joseph do what he did because Peter's been representing the flag. And that's been, and I love talking about that. And I think we should talk about that because sport's about inspiring. And um, and my brother in Joseph has done that. Um, he's done it at the right time coming into world championships. And I think this can really catapult if he stays disciplined between now and Paris. I think we're going to see Peter and Joseph hit them with a double attack, which is what we need in those championships, Damo, because you want to do what the Kenyans and Ethiopians do. They always throw a Two three prong attack in those major um, finals at, at the games, and if you have Peter and Joseph, two brothers that love one another, that work training one another, they can really plan to win a medal year and, and set the race up perfectly for themselves. So um, sensational. But the results don't stop there, Domo, because across the world we had the national championships in the UK, national championship Jamaica, national championships in America. So the results were flying in all weekend, Damo. So, um, but it's good to start off with Joseph Deng in Australia, and uh, and we and also with the Para Championships in um, in Paris. Yeah, absolutely. We'll touch on the US Championships in just a moment. You made a salient point there, Steph, about the relationship between Peter Boll and obviously Joseph Deng as well. Now, of course, Deng setting a new national record for the 800 metres. You mentioned that depth of having a two or three pronged attack. It's important to have that because then effectively you push each other to a greater level, don't you? To have that healthy competition. Can you give us an insight into the relationship between the two? Because you said there's a friendly relationship there. Give us an insight as to how they push each other. Definitely. And you're giving me shivers talking about it, Damo, because um, I think it's one of those true friendships um, that you don't often see in sport, because especially individual sport, because it's it really it's all about you, right? It's very hard to create a team atmosphere when you're running against one another. Yeah. Um, 
these two boys have found a way to do it. They found a way to inspire each other. And I think that's the leadership between James Templeton, their manager, um, as well as their coach, uh, Justin Rinaldi. I think he creates a really good group environment for not only Joseph and Peter, but for the whole group. I mean, we're talking, he trains uh, Learmont, who's from the UK, um, as well as a number of other runners that train under the Rinaldi camp. Uh, I think these boys, the, the synergy they have, both being um, both being from African descent, uh, both coming to Australia from, with immigrant parents, I think they find a common bond in that naturally, uh, which I think is sensational. Um, and then on top of it, I think they, uh, when one is on, the other's off. When other's off, the other one's on. And I think we saw that when Joseph was running really well in 2018, Peter Bowl was sort of struggling a little bit, you know, and then Peter f- sort of found his, found his, 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 his range and, and then Joseph was struggling a little bit. So I think, um, that, that's how they sort of work off one of them. One's going well, the other carries in a, in a, almost in an emotional, you know, mental way, carries the other one, you know, and inspires the other one saying, look, that I'm setting the benchmark. It's up to you to play catch up. And, and, I, and it's genuine, Damo. This is not something which, which, you know, Justin has to sort of monitor in training. Naturally, they want to beat one another. But I just want to touch on the way, if, if anybody has the time to go onto YouTube and watch this race, the way Joseph ran it from the front, is how I like him to run, how he should run, because he's got speed to burn. It's how Rudisha used to run. He put it to him early and he broke them early and he had the strength. This shows he's very, very fit, Damo. This is why I'm excited about him coming into world championships. It wasn't like he kicked and he was running for fast pace of a pacemaker and then he kicked and he came over the top and lucked his way into a fast time. He led that race, owned that race, controlled the race and ran to a fast time now, which means he has the fitness to be able to sit and kick, which he has the speed to, or lead the way Radish used to lead and control the race from the start. So if I was his coach, if I was, you know, watching eight armies, I had to put my money somewhere. They're the style of athletes I like to watch run because it means they've got enough bandwidth to be able to attack many different ways, which you need for a championship to get through to the finals from your heats to the semis to the finals. So it puts him in a great position. It's great seeing Peter Ball run 1,500 metres because it means he's working on things. He's increasing his fitness. He's increasing his bandwidth. Those two, it's going to be very exciting, Damo, come World Championships. And um, um, what a great time to be an Australian lover of athletics. That's why we love you, Steph. Just that insight into the tactics and how to approach a race as well. I think it's very, very insightful for a lot of the listeners. And it's it's just interesting, isn't it? It's the competitive beast that you obviously have on an athletics team. You were part of a 4 by 400 metre silver medal winning relay team in the Olympics in 2004. So there's always that team element there. How common or uncommon is it to have that respect? And obviously, you don't want to go into specifics necessarily, but... Can it be difficult to find that type of relationship within an athletic squad? I think this generation is very different, Dame. I think, um, you know, I, I came from the end of Gen X, um, beginning of Gen Y, and and uh, it was a lot more cutthroat. I can tell you that Olympic team in 2004, we hated each other the whole year. And really? We had so many fights. We, and we all trained between Clinton Hill, Patrick Dwyer, Casey Vincent and myself. We all trained together in the same training group. And our coach had to separate us daily because the fights we used to have. Um, not, not physical, but just... Just we were that competitive and our, our egos and we just wanted to win so much that we knew that any edge we could get over one another was going to count and making the team. Um, but it was very funny, Damo, come that final, 
as a band of brothers, we came together. And it's, that was the unique part about it. And I learned a lot, you know, I matured a lot that day about how to separate being an individual and becoming a team player for real. And I was very blessed to have that opportunity because it catapulted me to get three international relay medals throughout my career. And I'm really blessed. And it really set my career up and gave me the confidence to win Commonwealth Games and to do other things in my track career. So you're right. It's not often you get that ability to have that team element because it's such an individual sport. But I can tell you this, when you do get a chance, and I've been blessed to have that chance, it's, it's really sensational man like it's a really i'm actually envious of football teams and soccer teams and basketball teams because i think it's, it's, it's a really nice feeling to win with the teammates and i think the closest thing you get to team in athletics is your coach your mum and dad your training partner um when you win individually because you get to share that moment but unfortunately they're not on the field with you so um you're quite right you don't get that often so to see to see the brotherhood that peter and and joseph have is is really unique and um is really quite awesome to be honest and i think you sort of see it in the pole vault and some of the jump events and the and the decathlon and the heptathlon because they spend so much time out in the field together. So they naturally they you, you get quite bored out there, right? You got to sort of you know and you go on to competitions week in week out together. So I think naturally you sort of build a friendship and it's hard to separate that demo, mate. You know, as competitive as you are, if you're having a good night out with somebody, you're having a nice meal with them, you know, a week before, it's hard to come that day of competition and all of a sudden want to throw daggers in them, you know. So, um, but look, that's our sport and that's the beauty of our sport as well. You know that you have to be able to turn it on and off. That's exactly right. Speaking of stars coming through the ranks, Cameron Myers has just broken the 1,500-metre under-18 and under-20 Australian record in France. What can you tell us about this young gun? Oh, he's, he's sensational, and I think he's very Ryan Gregson-ish. You know, if you look at Ryan's career back in the day and sort of how Ryan was able to, do at a, as a youngster, run as quick as what he did, um, you know, Cameron reminds me a lot of Ryan. And, and I think the, you know, the only danger I have when you, when you jump as a junior and you come into senior athletics, it's not the physicality that Cameron will be able to handle it. As we've seen, he's breaking records, running with the big boys and he's doing very well at it. It's, it's the, it's the, it's the mental and, 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 and the emotional side that comes with pro sport, which you've got to be very careful because a young mind has to sort of circumnavigate and understand that when you're dealing with a 29 year old Johnny Steph, who's been sort of around and be able to bully you through call room all the way through, you know, <laughs> seeing the lunchroom before the meet, right. And I'm, I'm able to play mind games. You're the way if, if anybody knows pumping iron which is a weightlifting documentary arnold schwarzenegger filmed in the 70s and 80s um he very much used mental psychology warfare in order to beat his opponents so you can't deny that this is not something that that plays a part in pro sport um but as a raw talent as a, as someone in the future in our distance running cameron is sensational um he's really someone to back and watch um and i, and I think it's, it's a definitely a watch this space uh moment with a young bloke Absolutely. We touched on the World Para-Athletics Championships before. Australia dominating at the moment. On day one, Maria Strong won gold in the 100-metre T72. Very, very versatile after winning bronze in the shot put in the Tokyo. <laughs> Amazing. Is it's really inspiring, Damien. I watched the interview and she was like, I don't know if I'm a, sh a, a good shot putter that can run or a good runner that can shot put. Uh, so, you know, it was beautiful to watch. I sort of got a little bit teary watching the interview because it's just – you know, you see the hard work that all these athletes put in, and 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 I think that's something which which the world is getting better at, sort of you know putting a spotlight on how you know good these uh, our power athletes are. And in Australia, we are sensational when it comes to our power athletics. So um, it's great time for her, and it's great time for power athletics coming into Paris next year. And I think it's awesome having the world power athletics in in Paris because it allows them to prepare and get used to, and they won't be fish out of water when it comes next year. That's exactly right. And on day two, we had Jared Clifford put in an inspirational performance, Johnny, to win silver in the 5K T13, revealing post-race that he did so with a stress fracture in his left femur. I mean, 
You would know probably better than anyone, Johnny. When oh. you have that sort of setback, it does make the world a difference. To actually overcome that is sensational. I, it, and, you know, I feel sorry for Jared because he's such a competitor and, you know, he's he said himself, he said, I, I wasn't going to die wondering. You know, I'll rather be out there. I'll rather be able to on the track and be able to stop on the track than to to not compete. So um, he'll be, be disappointed, you know, because he's such a winner and, he, and he's such a beautiful human being and I was, I was i felt for him a little because you could tell in his interview that he was mm. you know he was flat you know um but and stress fractures for distance runners are a huge worry because they do so much volume demo and the volume was, is what gives them these stress fractures and i know if they don't have the volume behind them it it really makes competing at the top level hard mate so you know i, I think it, the mental side for him he proved something to himself that he was able to race and still compete you know, and still walk away with a medal. So very worst come Paris, he knows, hey, man, I can sort of get through this, which is great. But I th- he's a winner. He'll be thinking, man, I need to get over this and I need to make sure it doesn't come back because Paris, I need to be firing on all cylinders because the, the attacks are going to be coming from left, right and centre. Exactly right. You mentioned before, Johnny, that we had a lot of national championships events right oh, across the globe. Hey, mate. You- <laughs> you know Where what? do I start, big man? I'll tell you where we can start. I reckon the U.S. is a good spot because it's a, a prestigious event over there. There's no doubt about that. One that really stuck out to me was Gabby Thomas. She crossed the line in the 200 metres in 21.60 seconds on the final day, a PB for her. And I think that's now the sixth and seventh fastest time she registered at the 200 in history. So she is in sensational form. How important are the national champs in the lead up to, say, a World Championships event or an Olympic campaign? Listen, Dave, I've been saying this uh, the last few weeks going, I don't know where to start with results. And I think this is the greatest results accumulatively over a period of time for a summer of European athletics, Northern Hemisphere athletics, that I've seen in my 22 years involvement in this sport. Um, To answer your question, I've been arguing with this with Australian athletics for years, saying I don't know why national championships is so early. I do know because geographically we're in the Southern Hemisphere and it's our summer and I understand athletics is a summer sport and I get it. But I'm talking about selection trials. I I, I think these US athletes, if you're running is about tapering, uh, Damo, and it's about, you know, and, and you, you can only, I believe as a sprinter at least, you can only sort of taper once a year. Um, and, I, and I believe, and there's been exceptions to the rule, but I don't think you can make the exception the rule. But as a general rule, you sort of want to taper once a year and sort of put all your eggs into a majors basket, which is Worlds, Commonwealths and Olympics. Um, so when you ask that question, I think, you when you got three weeks out from Budapest and you run a personal best in at your national champs, it's very easy to take a couple of weeks off, let your nervous system catch up, um, and then sort of put a little bit of work in your legs, and you got a week and a half coming to world champs, and boom, attack it again. Right? It's very easy to control your taper. If you hit your straps to make a national team in April, you got to hold your taper or work out: Do I go back to a training block, or what do I do between April and August? It's a very hard thing for your coach to control. It's a very hard thing for you to control as an athlete. So I think it puts these northern hemisphere it's an advantage when it comes to our Australian athletes. And I think it shows how well our Australian athletes do um, to be able to taper and peak twice a year. Our good Australian athletes, what they do is sort of keep a little bit in reserve, come nationals, maybe come second, maybe win just by a nose at, at nationals and then put all the eggs in their basket, come come a championship. So um, I think it's an advantage. And I think all those results you've seen over the weekend, uh, I think we're going to see the same results, if not better, come world champs. 
And Johnny, one that really caught my eye as well, the Jamaican Championships. Your girl, Sharika, sped to a world-leading personal best time of 10.65 seconds to win the 100 metres. What did you make of that? Cancel Christmas, Damo. Uh, it's, it's, it's just uh, – uh, I was worried about Sharika. The way she started the year, she's, she's trained by the great Stephen Francis. I think he's, the, he's, he's one of the greatest sprint coaches in the last decade, without a doubt. Um, um, training out of Jamaica. He, he has a farm of athletes that just come out. Sartha Powell uh, is probably a name that people would remember. Um, and, you know, Shelly Ann Fraser-Price is definitely a name people would know and remember. Um, and now we throw in the Sharika Jackson. Um, uh, Mal- Elaine Thompson, another name you would know. Against, it's just the factory that he breeds. Before we get on Sharika and the Jamaican trolls, we got to go back, Damo, to the US trials because there was too many great results for us. And I know you're going to get back there, Damo, but I, I want to marinate in this a little bit, mate. You know, I just want to marinate because it was the, the results there were just you, you touched on Gabby Thomas, but Rye Benjamin running the fifth fastest time in history in the four hurdles in, in 46 seconds, 46.6. Let me just put that in perspective for you, Damo. The previous world record was Kevin Young, which was 46.9 from and. Viewers, text in, call in, do whatever you want if I'm wrong. No worries. I was never good at math in school. (laughs) This, I trained with the great Felix Sanchez, won the gold medal in 2012. His personal best was 47.2. And we talked, you know, intimately about what 47.2 meant, how fast it was, and how ridiculous the world record of 46.9 was. We now see Carson Warren run 45.9 at Olympic Games in Tokyo. He's run 46.7 in his national trials uh, last week, and we've seen Rai run 46.6. I mean, these are video game times, Damo. I mean, this 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 is how good, you know, these athletes are running. I'll then throw on to you my girl, Sydney McLaughlin, 48.74 in the 400 metres. I know her very intimately. My good friend trains her, and I know she hasn't even peaked yet. She hasn't, even, she hasn't even started tapering yet. Bobby put a little bit of spice. Bobby Kersey, the great Bobby Kersey, husband to Jackie Joyner Kersey um, and coach to Jackie Joyner Kersey um, and the coach of the great Alison Felix. Uh, he, he put a little bit of pepper on Sydney before before nationals, so she had a little bit of pepper on, but not, she didn't throw, push his chips all the way in, so that 400 metres is going to be lightning come Budapest. But 48 seconds, Kathy Freeman, one in 49 seconds in the Sydney Olympics for those that remember that great race, which most Australians do. This girl has come in a national championships run 48 seconds. This shows how great this performance was. I'm going to touch on more performances for you, mate, because it hasn't stopped there. Before we get to the Jamaican trials champion, you know, we saw, you know, the great, I'll, I'll just give me one second here, mate, because I'm, 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 I am, I am lost for words, Damo, on how great these results were come the weekend. No surprise, isn't it? Given the Americans, they've always had the depth. Well, they've definitely had the depth, but I think, I think it's it's seeing the results in disciplines that we weren't used to. The the one that let me down a little bit come come at US trials. With the men's 400 metres, I really thought somebody could run 43 seconds there. I thought the men's 100 was a little bit lukewarm. I think Arian Knight in the 200 was a result, which I really liked. I think it was great seeing Arian run 19-7. I think he needed that national title win. I think it was a shock seeing Fred Curley um, not run as well as what what I thought he would run in that race. Um, seeing awesome. Kenny... So, yeah, seeing Kenny Bednarik come second again. He's the, always the bridesmaid in the 200. Um uh, that that sort of shocked me a little bit, to be honest with you. Uh, Nia Ali winning the 100-metre hurdles, I mean, 
Wow. I mean, she she just keeps, she just can't go away. She's been dominating, I think, almost for a decade now, mate. You know, like it, it's just, it's just sensational to watch. So, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely think, you know, um, it was, you are right. I, we used to Americans doing well, but I think it was the events that we weren't used to seeing and do well, which they did extremely well, put it that way. Absolutely. We'll touch on the Jamaicans after this. We'll also touch on maybe a bit of an anniversary given the World Para Athletics Championships to being held in France. Go back to the 03 World Athletics Championships in general. A watershed moment for one yard of Pittman. We'll take a break. You're listening to the House of Athletics. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Aths with Cam Luke and John Stephenson. Welcome back to the House of Athletics. Damian Watson here, joined by the great man, Johnny Stephenson, as we discuss all things athletics news-wise right around the globe. We do it for the Chemist Warehouse organisation. Great savings every day. Just before we touch on the Jamaicans and their national championships recently, Johnny Boy, just finish off the wrap of the American national champs because the US, well, they're just absolutely an embarrassment of riches, it's fair to say. No, 100%. I mean, and look, it, it, the results, I mean, across the board, the world leads. I mean, we saw Katie Moon in the, in the pole vault, uh, grab a world in 490, and Ullman in the discus dominate again, uh, which I, I'm picking her to win the world championships uh, in the women's discus. Um, across the board, like you said, uh, Damo, it, it's, it's, it was rock solid um, come at the US trials. Uh, but, you know, the Jamaican trials, I mean, <laughs> and the UK trials, <laughs> Oh, I don't even know where to start with you with this demo, and I feel I feel a bit of fool. Those bit of a fool like those that are listening, uh, Johnny, just tell us. We all know, but uh, it's just it's it's it's. I feel like if I give one too much attention, it sort of takes the shine off one, and they all deserve the same amount of love, demo. You know, yep. we 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 seen you know world lead by Rashid Broadbell in the, in a hundred meter, uh, hundred and ten meter hurdles of twelve ninety four. Um, we didn't see Grant Holloway take on the final of the US trials, which I still think Grant will be the favourite come uh, world champs in Budapest in from America in hundred and ten meter hurdles. Um, but I will tell you, at the UK trials, a run that really, 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 really impressed me was Zanel used. Um, He's coached by Glenn Mills, who is Usain Bolt's uh, ex-coach. Yep. Um, uh, they ran in torrential rain. No, it, was, it was absolutely horrible. Um, and to watch to watch him uh, take on the race, we saw him break the national record a week and a half ago. Uh, it could be two weeks now on uh, the British national record, which which is that thing of the great British runners, you know, Linford Christie, yes. Michael Francis, Dwayne Chambers. Um, to break a record like that means a lot. Um, and then for him to come out, win a national title, run the 200, um, I, I think that men's 100 metres, he is um, my roughie. But I think right. it's just whether he – it's just, it's just whether Damo he has um, – uh, he doesn't have the pedigree for for finals to be able to, from 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 his, historically um, yeah. to be able to make it to a final and sort of bring out his best performance and national trials he's done that so I think that's the maturity of Zanel use which I'm looking forward to seeing in Budapest um, we saw Keely Hodgkinson dominate that I don't know she was she always was going to dominate that hundred I think she was quite shocked losing um, you know last week. Um, but I think she's still my favourite in 800 come Budapest. Um, Sometimes you need that aberration, don't you? You know. Well, well, yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I think, I think it's, it's. 
I think a lot of people use their national trials as training. For Achille Hodgkinson, I think they should be using it as training. I think they should be using put a bit of load in the legs. Um, but at the same time, it's great. It's always nice to run in front of your home fans. It's beautiful, you know. Um, and it's almost like a give, giving back, say, like a thank you. And then we saw Daryl Nita. You know, absolutely shocked them in in um you know you know she's become the top female sprinter for Great Britain. I think I still think she'll have a tough time against the likes of Sharika Jackson, Talu, um, Shakari Richardson, who I didn't give a mention at the US uh, Nationals. I think she ran absolutely brilliantly. Um, she had such a rough couple of years, and people were sort of the haters were throwing the barbs in her back um, because she's a bit flamboyant, she's a bit different, um, and you know they she's not your typical. Uh, track athlete um but she put a statement down demo in the heat i mean i mean the time she she ran 10 7 i mean it's just lightning and then you know she looked a bit tight in the final and that's what worries me about her i think that's what can lose her world championships um is her ability not to tighten up in the final um i think she'll learn a lot from her national trials i think she'll look back at her race and be like well you know what i need to really improve that and have a bit more confidence she's got a really bad start in the final um i still put my money on Sharika jackson um yeah. But, you overtook uh, the, I think, the figure of 10.71 anyway, didn't she, uh, the day after? 100%. But I'm not too worried about times. I think times are nice when you can get really caught up in times. Um, I'm more like to see how someone runs a race when it comes to championships because it's about racing, right? Um, and I think um, my money's still on Sharika Jackson dominating um, and winning the women's 100 quite easily, to be honest with you. So. Um, but I think, again, it shapes up to be a great race. But I think it's a race between three women. I think it'll be a race between Tulu, um from the Ivory Coast, um, Tarika Jackson, and uh, Shakari Richardson for the Women's 100. Fantastic. Now, just before we head to the break, a big upset. Rowan Watson in the Men's 100 metres of the Jamaican Championships. His best time, I think, the before this year was 10.41 seconds. Managed to clock 9.91 seconds to upstage some of his more fancy rivals. That was a genuine shock for those that were there. Hey. Adelaide eight as well, and uh, yeah, just a quick correction. His, his previous best going there was ten point two, which is I mean that's a huge jump. With his ten point four demo, ten point two, he's still a huge jump, mate. You know, like, you know. So he um he he absolutely flew. It actually looked like he hit the nitrous button halfway through, like he, like he was playing Super Mario Brothers and he hit a mushroom or something. Like, it, it just it looked it looked sensational, man. And um yeah, he definitely shocked a lot of people in the stadium. That's the beauty of Jamaican trials, you know. That's the one thing I do love about Jamaicans, you know. Whenever they run at home stadium in Kingston. It's like they grow an extra leg, man. You know, it, it, and and they find speed that they that they not necessarily had. I think what I loved was the Jamaican four hundred meter final. They ran very well in the semifinals. So a lot of athletes run forty four seconds. My roughies for the four by four are Jamaica. I think they can shake up America, and I think they can win world championships. Demo, if they come and get their team selection right, get their order right, I definitely think. If you were a betting man and gamble responsibility responsible <laughs> out there, well, I would put my money on Jamaica upsetting America, and they'll be paying very, very good odds, Damo. Well, we'll take a break. Back with more the House of Athletics. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Ats with Cam Luke and John Stephenson. Welcome back to the House of Athletics. Damian Watson and the legendary John Stephenson with you, taking you through the latest athletics news right around the globe. We do it for Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 
Uh, Johnny, I like to reminisce in general, and I'm sure you do as well, particularly when you go back to the 2000s period. It's certainly a time when I fell in love with athletics, and it was a time when you were getting your career started as well. And I thought it'd be timely to reflect on, because it's been almost 20 years, it'll be 20 years next month since the 2003 World Athletics Championships. And I thought, given the World Para-Athletics Championships are being held in France at the moment, it'd be a good time to reflect on that. And one thing that really sticks out for me was Yana Pittman and her effort there. Remember getting up 5am, I reckon, in the morning before school on a Friday morning and watching that on the old SBS. It was fantastic when she won gold and really set the tone. I know her Olympic campaign sort of didn't necessarily go to script, but at the same time, it shows you the level of great, great depth that we had around that time as well. And and I guess it was probably an inspiration for you because you were coming into your first Olympics campaign around that time, the year after in 04. Yeah, 100%, Damo. And it, oh, mate, you're making me feel old. 20 years, hey. That was my first World Championships uh, in 03 in Paris. And um, it was really funny. Funny. I think that really made me fall in love with the 400 metres. I'll never forget in the uh, Stade de France um, stadium uh, in Paris, 60,000 people at World Championships. Uh, I never seen I was a young Perth boy, um, never seen anything like it. Um, the roar of the crowd uh, watching the men's 400 metres uh, was amazing. And, and I always wanted that moment. And I was able to get that in Commonwealth Games in 2006. What I chased, that's what that's what really drove me, you know. Um, to see Yana, you know, she really – she really, um, really dominated, and uh, she was really the face of the sport, and was a great face of the sport for us, you know. And um, and you know, at the time, Patrick Johnson was number one in the world, and people forget that he was um, he stayed number one in the world. He had the fastest time in the world, and he entered that World Championships um, um, where I really felt that Patrick should have made the final, and and, he, and that hundred meters won in ten point zero three, I think, if I'm correct. Um, and and Patrick's time was nine ninety three, um, and he was number one in the world. So if you look at that, you go, well, shit, he he should have won the hundred meters. Um, you know, coming into Budapest this year, twenty years, um, it, it was quite funny for me because I I was very young and. Um, and he really gave me the belief being that young going to world championships, seeing the very best in the world. And I was able to really, really um, compare myself to what I needed to become and what I needed to do to become the best in the world because they were right there in front of me. And I'm a big advocate of taking young athletes like your Cameron Myers and like these young athletes. And that was Sally Pearson's very first world championship. And she actually came to observe. You know, she was a young, young girl. I think she would have been, you know, 15 maybe, um, and she just came to observe the women's four-by-one, and, and I think that was great for her career because, she, she, again, she got to measure herself and see what the very best in the world are doing. I think that's great for young athletes to take them on in teams and sort of blood them like they're doing football teams and, you know, and soccer teams and, you know, basketball teams around the world. So um, it holds a special place in my heart, that first World Championships, because he really gave me the confidence to, to, to go into Olympic Games. And if I didn't win the relay medal Olympic Games, maybe I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you about, you know, what I was able to do in my career. So, you know, you look at every championship as a stepping stone. I'm looking forward to Budapest, uh, Damo, because we're going to see um, athletes that were in my position 20 years ago, um, you know, using this as a, as a platform for them for Paris next year and using it for a platform for them for their career. So um, really awesome. Awesome time, Damo. I'm glad you made me feel like I'm 101 years old, oh, mate. Maybe my, maybe my Benjamin Button, Damo. I'm going backwards, champion. Jay Steezy. You know what I mean? Getting old. Uh, if it makes you feel any better, you look younger than I do, that's for sure. And oh, I love you, mate. Here we go. Oi, we got to work on maybe you got to st- – Cam, he's never said nothing that nice to me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, just before we wrap it up, you mentioned the fact that a lot of young people who are coming and basically progressing through the sport, coming to a world championships, were you really nervous coming in or were you excited? What was the overriding emotion in 03? Nah, but I was very blessed. I, I, I had a boxing career from when I was 12 to when I was 19. Let me tell you, Damo, when you fight as, at 12 and someone's trained to beat you up, um, nothing's as nerve-wracking as that, mate. Let me tell you. So hopping in a lane where no one touches you and you in spandex is quite easy, brother. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I, was, I, I was always anxious as a runner. I was never nervous. I was always anxious. I always wanted to do my very best, not let my family down, let my coach down and my team down. So I always got anxious because as long as I knew I exhausted myself out there, I felt, I felt happy with whether it was last or first um so I, I was i was really i was just a real um like a wild brumby you know i was just out there just just like like you know like a young pup man just sniffing every tree and just looking just, just not knowing what's going on but having a crack and uh it was great memories um for me and um i loved every uh, uh i mean i loved every minute of it mate being in the village being in paris a young kid from Perth, travelling the world, doing what he loves, running, doing sport. You can't get any better, Damo. Johnny, really appreciate your time. Thanks for welcoming me at short notice as well. Hopefully I didn't let you or the side down, and I'm sure Campbell will be back with his voice in tow. Fantastic, Damo. Always great having a chat about athletes, and especially with you, mate. Any time, would love to chat to you again. Fantastic work. That has been another edition of the House of Athletics. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Back next week.